0: Log Talk Radio. Good evening everybody and live from our very own private showing screening of concussion, it's the Fourth <laughs> Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jana, belated happy birthday to you. Your uh cowboys you. helped you celebrate your birthday with a win. Uh, how does it feel?
1: Uh very confusing. Not sure how to how to handle it. But <laughs> Somehow we win, but won, still the, the owner is going around in the media hope. saying that our coaching is bad. So it's a little backwards here.
0: Well, yeah, you usually don't complain about that right after a win unless he had them to win by more than a field goal on Monday which night. Which is possible. But, uh, <laughs> which is very possible, yes. But uh, <sighs> So Des Bryant wants to be on the NFL's uh, catch committee. So what, what else is new and wild and crazy in in the cowboy land?
1: (laughs) Well, I hope if they do let Des Bryant on the committee that he brings his capuchin monkey with him, which is also named Dallas, because really the amount of value Des Bryant's going to add is probably about the same that his monkey's going to add, because I can just imagine him in a conference room with people in suits just being like, well, if I catch the ball, it's a catch. There's nothing else to this, and not a lot getting done. So... I don't know if I'd be opposed to Calvin Johnson being on the committee who also wants to be.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Both of them have good reason to want to be. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. So the NFC East, our favorite division is just a complete and utter mess at this yeah. point. So let's, let's take a quick look here. So <laughs> I'm sure every, our listeners are aware of this, but the Redskins, <laughs> Eagles and Giants are all tied with five and seven records and the Cowboys are just one scant game behind at four and eight. Yeah. So this is just... So let's take a quick look at the remaining schedules here and uh, see what you think in terms of you know who's likely to... I, I
1: know the to... Cowboys is not very favorable.
0: Alright, well, let's Let's just give this a look here. So (laughs) we look at the team schedules this week. You know, Dallas is on the road at Green Bay. You have to figure Mm -hmm. that's going to be a loss. We can talk about it more, but uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet. So they've got Mm -hmm. Green Bay on the road. That's probably a loss. Then they're hosting the Jets at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a toss-up. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll be nice and give them a win there because the Jets always seem to blow a game every year that they shouldn't. So we'll we'll put this. We'll be nice and give Dallas a win. Then nice. the following week <laughs> they're at Buffalo and I think I, between the I Jets and the Bills games game. they probably win one of those and lose one of those. So so that's mm-hmm. one and two. And then the Redskins at home the final game. Yeah, they could probably win that. So. I think best case for them they probably go 3 and 1 but more likely 2 and 2 to finish the season 6 and 10. I don't think that's winning the division.
1: It shouldn't be, but mathematically it's possible as terrifying as okay. that is.
0: Right. So let's let's see what else we've got uh, here then. So let's take a look at my beloved Giants then the 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 <laughs> chokers. I, I couldn't believe that game Sunday. That just made me really mad. I mean, even when they were up by a touchdown late, you just as a Giants fan I thought knew. this is one they're they're going to let this slip away. So Monday night at Miami, yeah, I think they're going to win push. it. It's a push.
1: It's a push. I, I, think, I they think they will they're gonna too. Win it,
0: but I, I think it's a close game. But I think they can win that. So th- that's a win. Following week at home against Carolina. I suppose Carolina could be overlooking them, but you know I think that's unlikely, and Carolina is just a much better team at this point, so let's say that's a loss. Mm-hmm. And then following week at Minnesota, which I'll, I think I have to that admit are no longer my Super Bowl pick, but uh, that, that could go <laughs> either way. So we'll say just for the sake of argument, if I look at that game and then the following weekend when they're hosting the Eagles in the season finale, let's say they go one and one, and those two games. Mm-hmm. So combine that with the win with the Dolphins and the loss at the Panthers. That's two and two. So yeah, yeah. they probably finish the season. Same thing. They could the go season. three and one. They could go one and three.
1: Probably more likely to and two.
0: They probably finish the season seven and nine by by Sherpa calculus here. So <laughs> let's let's see then. We've got uh, let's see what the Eagles have. I know this weekend they're hosting the Bills in the. In the Lashawn McCoy revenge bowl, so that should be Mm -hmm. interesting. I think whether and what they do, what he does with uh, Chip Kelly before and after the game might be more interesting than the game itself. But anyway, Eagles hosting the Bills. They've actually got their next three games at home before uh, finishing with the Giants on the road. So that looks kind of favorable. Bills this weekend at home. eh, I think that's a toss up. I think that goes either way. Although I'm inclined to say the Bills win that. Um, Cardinals at home, that should be a loss. Redskins yeah. at home, that should be a victory. Giants on the road, uh, toss-up. But if we're saying the Bills game is a loss, then, you know, and I, well, actually we just said that before we think the Giants would win that game. So anyway, to me, that looks like two and two at best, more likely one and three in their final four games. Would you concur? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, All yeah, right. I, I, it's tough to argue with, but yeah, it's it's. I think that's probably the most realistic option.
0: Okay, and then, so so far we have, what did we say for Dallas? Two and two, so that puts yep. them at six and ten. If the Eagles go one and three, that puts them at six and ten. If the Giants go two and two, that puts them at seven and nine. So that just leaves us with the, with the Redskins here. So let's take a quick look there, Redskins. Mm-hmm. We've got um, – we're going to figure this thing out. At the Bears, eh, toss-up, but I think more likely a loss. Hosting the Bills, again, toss-up, I think more likely a loss. At Eagles, I, I could see them going 0-4 their last four games. but
1: they're trending, we'll uh, it's not out of the question. Obviously, well, you and I would the both like them the to go 0-4, but –
0: Yeah, I mean, they're the opposite from the Eagles. They've got three of their last four on the road where Kirk Cousins doesn't seem to play his best. So I think one and three is a pretty likely scenario for them. So, I mean, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but when I look at the schedule, I think the Giants win that division with a 7-9 and record um, the way I look at it right now. Of course, it's all... In all likelihood, going to come down to that January third game against the Eagles. But uh, as, as painful as it is for me to say this as a Giants fan, after watching that Jets game, I still like their chances
1: exactly.
0: at least to get in. But I think they're oh, wide. Well, it's, on it's, it's not who play. wants to
1: win the division anymore. It's who's going to lose it the least out of all four teams. I mean, no one's shown that they have any desire to win or be an effective playoff team because we know whoever goes to the playoffs out of this, this division. Probably getting knocked out in the first round unless something crazy happens and we have a Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos situation on our hands.
0: Well, I think Eli Manning is a little better than that, but yeah, we take. Well, let's let's just take a look here. If we look at the standings in the NFC, yeah, mm-hmm. the NFC East is not having a wild card team right now. It looks like it looks like the, the Packers Vikings runner up would be one wild card, and then. In all likelihood, Seattle's the other wild card unless they inexplicably go into a slump and either Tampa Bay or Atlanta sneak in. Atlanta, the way they're playing, I don't think there's any chance of that. So to me, that comes down to, in all likelihood, Seattle and Tampa Bay for that last spot. And the way they're playing right now, I don't think you could uh, go against Seattle. So you know, the Giants yeah. would probably be the fourth seed then playing the wildcard team with a better record that at this point looks like, excuse me, with the worst. Did I get that right? Yeah, they would play the wildcard team with the better record if they're the fourth seed. So that's probably Seattle. They're looking at a home game against Seattle. I think that's a loss. I think so. So Uh. anyway, (laughs) so now that we've broken down the NFC East and figured out that my Giants will emerge victorious only to get – you know their they're hat handed to them by the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs in a home game why don't we move on to what <laughs> happened last week in terms of injuries, waiver wire pickups, what do you have for us?
1: Alright, uh, so in the, the carousel of who will play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, this week the winner is Johnny Manziel, not necessarily starter forever, just this week so take that as you will Eagles running back Ryan Matthews has still uh was he was limited to practice. They actually let him on the field. He's still not cleared from the concussion protocol and he's also dealing with a groin injury. Um but he is supposedly feeling better. He plans on playing on Sunday. I would say see what his status is on Friday, that's gonna be a little more telling. The Ravens overall pretty banged up right now. Uh None of their tight ends practice today. Crockett Gilmore's got a back injury, although he looks like he's got a pretty good chance of playing this week. Max Williams has a concussion, probably not playing um They did sign two tight ends today, so I would say just for what that's worth, not a lot of uh of good feelings at the tight end position in Baltimore uh Chicago put their tight end Martellus Bennett on i r today He's done for the year with rib injuries. But it looks like they are going to get wide receiver Eddie Royal back this week. He's missed the last five games with a knee injury. That would be a definite plus because Martellus Bennett was definitely getting some of the targets there, so someone's got to get those. Um, Back in Baltimore, we saw Matt Schaub. He took a couple of of nasty hits this week. He's got a knee injury and a shoulder injury. He's pretty banged up. He's not practicing, but uh, he's hoping to play. It's more for maintenance, just giving him a chance to rest. If he doesn't play, though... Jimmy Clausen is the backup in Baltimore. That's not something Ravens fans want to see. Rob Gronkowski is no. still not practicing with his knee injury. His status is pretty unsure right now. Again, see what he's looking like later in the week, but it it's a Sunday night game. It's a late kickoff. might want to be looking for a tight end somewhere else for your fantasy teams. Um, Mark Ingram, Saints running back, has a shoulder injury. He was put on IR this afternoon. He's done for the year. Cincinnati tight end Tyler Eifert, he missed last week. He had the stinger in his neck. He practiced. He's on track to play Sunday, uh, but it is a bad time to be a Browns wide receiver. Very few of them are practicing or looking healthy at all. Travis Benjamin didn't practice today. He's got a shoulder injury. He's got the best bet of playing out of the bunch. Uh, Andrew Hawkins and Taylor Gabriel both not practicing with concussions. Doesn't look good for either of them, though. Matt Hasselback wide track receivers to start. How
0: about those uh San Diego wide receivers? are you gonna Ooh. get to those?
1: yeah, yeah it's there's okay. not a lot of them left. <laughs> um Matt Hasselbeck is on track to play this week after getting basically his whole body mRI after that last game. He's got neck and rib injuries um it looks like this is probably the last week he needs to go out there and be a hero. Andrew Lux on track to play next week. He Obviously that's cat? gonna be I'm sorry?
0: He found his cat?
1: Uh we think so. We think his cat is sound okay. and clean.
0: <laughs> okay, so he can come back to being an NFL yep. quarterback now. Okay, that's good.
1: Giants tight end Larry Donnell got put on IR with his neck injury today. We kinda thought that might be coming, but they made it official. Uh Broncos running back CJ Anderson is dealing with what they're calling significant soreness in his ankle. He's pretty questionable. Uh looks like he's going to try to play through it, but I don't know if he'd be somebody I'd want to start because it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of mobility right now. Heath Miller's coming back from his rib injury this week, barring any setbacks. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be without wide receiver Rashard Matthews for another week with his cracked ribs. Keep looking at Devontae Parker. Told you to pick him up last week. It was a good pick. Just Darrell Rivas. Yeah, Darrell Rivas right. yeah, is still in the concussion protocol, but... He's feeling a lot better, Uh, unsure about this week, but he is going to meetings. He's been on a practice field. Life is getting a little better on Revis Island. And Jaguars wide receiver Alan Hearns finally graduated out of the concussion protocol. He is good to go for Sunday. I'm excited about him coming back. And as you alluded to, um, basically every receiver for the Chargers is injured, uh, possibly was hospitalized at one point. (laughs) It's bad. It's real bad out there. And the ones who are still healthy are fumbling the ball, so they're getting benched anyway. So, I I mean, do you want to go fly to San Diego this week? Because they could use the help.
0: I'm not. I'm a little slow. I was slow in my prime, (laughs) and I'm even slower now. So I don't think that would work out so well.
1: It's it's rough out there in San Diego. I feel real bad for Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah, that's. What are they now? Three and nine. I think their season's really going down the drain in a hurry.
1: Yeah, and it started out really promising. I mean, and even as wide receivers are dropping like flies, he was still throwing for 500 yards. It's just. Man, that offense cannot catch a break.
0: No, I, I think when they lost Keenan Allen, though that was really their season. Unfortunately for them, that was just yeah. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, you know, people always say who's your top five receivers in the NFL, and he was. You know, I think he would have been on that list. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, if, oh, he, if and, he had stayed healthy. And one more healthy.
1: note: I mean, the 49ers are not sure if Carlos Hyde is even going to play again this season. He has been a, a DNP for the mm-hmm. last five games with that stress fracture in his left foot. Uh, it looks like it's not looking good for the last couple of weeks of the season, although they're not saying definitively that that's going to happen.
0: They're not going to risk him with their season the way it no. is right now? Although that wasn't no, a victory over Chicago. I mean, Blaine Gabbert, who yep. knew?
1: I know. It's incredible. That guy at to, least going to have a job for a few more years in the NFL. Good for him.
0: If you had Tori Smith on that uh, overtime bomb, you got you know probably 13 or 14 fantasy points just on that one play.
1: Oh geez, yeah, that was.
0: <laughs> sure, there were a lot of uh, fantasy contests decided on that.
1: I would imagine. I mean, geez, that was a
0: weird game, though. Indeed. So, shall we get into the um, the week 14 games? Yeah,
1: let's get crazy. Talk about games.
0: All right. Well, this first one is going to be painful for me to watch, so I might not watch (laughs) it. uh, My beloved, my 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 second or third favorite team, depending on how well they're (laughs) playing, relative to the Chiefs. Um, Mm -hmm. The Minnesota Vikings are on the road out in Arizona. This this just has all the earmarks of a disaster on it, and. Yeah, Adrian Peterson, there's only so much he can do by himself. And
1: he's getting a little cranky about it.
0: Yeah, deservedly so, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, you, Teddy Bridgewater looked better in the middle of the season, but now the wheels are just coming off there. And, uh, yeah, they, I mean, of course, a lot of offenses look bad against Seattle, but, you know, they they did nothing to distinguish themselves there. I don't think they're going to do much to distinguish themselves against Arizona, which also has a good defense, albeit maybe not quite as good as Seattle's. I'll go with a short week uh, trouncing here. I'll go with the uh, final score of Arizona 34, Minnesota 14.
1: I, uh, weirdly enough, have a little more respect for what your your Vikings could do this week. Uh I I only have them losing by nine. I've got Arizona 30, Minnesota 21. Uh I just think that yes, things were very bad for the Vikings last week. Um short week on the road against a pretty good team. Yeah, their defense isn't necessarily uh the legion of boom, but it's still pretty good out in Arizona. Yeah. I just I I don't see a lot of ways short of some kind of catastrophic injury that the Vikings are going to win this game, so I think it's safe to say they're they're probably not coming out a winner here, but I think it'll be a little closer than you do. I think that Adrian Peterson can make some stuff happen here, just not enough to win the game.
0: All right, well, I'll, I'll hold out hope <laughs> for that, but uh, it sounds like we're both in agreement that we don't expect Minnesota yeah. to keep pace with Green Bay this weekend, unless you expect Dallas to upset Green Bay, but we'll get to that later. So now on to the Sunday games where, unfortunately, we only have two late games, or as you like to call them, afternoon games. Oh so annoying. And I got, hate
1: the schedule maker.
0: We've got 11, count them, 11 early games Sunday. So, many. so there's plenty to choose from. First one up, we've got Washington at Chicago. Both of them had pretty heart-wrenching losses this past weekend in games that they probably should have won. But um, the good news here is somebody has to win, or at least, you know, you. Unless, you, you know unless it's an overtime tie. So don't tell Donovan McNabb that. But I, <laughs> I just, Kirk Cousins on the road, not sure I trust him. Chicago, not great, but, you know, a little bit healthier again. So I'm going to go with the final score, Chicago 27, Washington 21
1: i got Chicago 24, Washington 21, but realistically, I could see this game going either way. I just think that Chicago is a little healthier. I'm excited about the addition of Eddie Royal coming back, and I think Alshon Jeffrey could have a really nice day here, plus having your, your running back tandem. Even without Martellus Bennett, I think Chicago is going to have just enough to get past Washington here. Uh um, I just don't think that the defense is going to be able to slow them down enough for four quarters that they're going to be able to sneak one out on the road. Uh, it just, I think they're going to look better. I would like to see them manage the clock and their play calling a little differently. I mean, you can't really play that conservative an entire game and, and expect to win like they did against Dallas. But I, I think Chicago probably takes this.
0: You know who's actually impressing me for Chicago is the Last for the past, we haven't had a chance to talk about much the last couple of years here on the fourth and edge show, and that's Zach Miller, who, you know, always looked like he should be, you know, better than he was, yeah, you know, and then just never quite lived up to that promise. But now Martellus Bennett is out; he has an opportunity, and so far he's looking pretty good there. Yeah, I.
1: It seems to be a good fit. Weirdly, like I don't like. He or Jay Cutler separately as fantasy players, or really too much as real life players, but together they seem to have a chemistry and it's working. I mean, hey, stick with it till it breaks.
0: Yeah, well, it'll probably break, but um, now that we highlighted it, but uh, we'll see. Yep, no problem. You're welcome, guys. (laughs) You're welcome, yes. Washington (laughs) can send us checks if they want to. So (laughs) now we go to the game, which in the honor of the the Christmas season should really be called the game of the misfit teams in honor of the land of misfit (laughs) toys, and this is San Francisco at Cleveland. I'm not sure if San Francisco flew back to the West Coast since they were in Chicago last weekend or if they just stayed put, but uh, either way, I don't think it matters. I think even though it is their second game in a row a couple time zones away from home, I just... Cleveland's a, a mess. It doesn't matter if Johnny Menzel is the quarterback. Josh McCown, Bernie Kosar, it doesn't really matter at this point. I just Blaine Gabbert, for whatever reason, seems to have, have settled into a nice little rhythm there in San Francisco. Huh? Defense, I don't think is going to have too much trouble stopping Cleveland's offense. So I'll go with a final score, a mini route here. I'll go with a final score, San Francisco 28, Cleveland 17.
1: I just... Uh... This game kind of gave me fits a little bit when I was trying to pick it. I'm going to go Cleveland with the upset here. Uh, Johnny Manziel's got something to prove. I like when he and Travis Benjamin get together. There's generally a 62-yard touchdown pass involved. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, And I think that not having quite as strong of a run game for San Francisco might leave the door open just enough that Cleveland can you know, one or two crazy-looking plays or Johnny Manziel's outside of the pocket throwing downfield to somebody who shouldn't be open. I think they might be able to edge us out. I'm going to go 21-17 Cleveland.
0: All right. There you have it. A very very specific
1: pick, but...
0: In the land of the misfit toys. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? I think he's more likely to get arrested before, during, or after the game. Maybe even I'm during the I'm not is, ruling so. out
1: Jerry Jones facilitating him get a, getting arrested just so that he can become a cowboy faster. I just think that he might be able to win this football game first.
0: Well, if he did get arrested, that would probably make him even more appealing to the Cowboys. But
1: Probably. We'll see. That seems to be a, more of a, a prerequisite than not having been arrested.
0: Yeah, Jerry Jerry Jones will send Greg Hardy on his private plane to to bring him back to because to he's a leader. So he is. He is. He's. Oh. So let's let's move on. Just hanging Cowboys my head. <laughs>
1: There's just nothing yeah. good going on.
0: No. So well, at least Sean Lee's mm-hmm. healthy for another week. I'm that's, loving that's the last something. two
1: games of Sean Lee. That's that's about the only silver lining. In my life as a Cowboys fan, right
0: now. Well, they did win a game. It's, that's something. So yeah, almost people, got beat. But anyway, what I think will be the most lopsided <clears throat> game of the weekend, which is no way. Yeah, really? This, this is yeah, I do, and that's Seattle mm. at Baltimore. Baltimore. I don't care if it's Matt Schaub, Jimmy Clausen, neither one of them is going to do much against Seattle's defense. Seattle's offense really seems to have. Woken up and found itself ever since Jimmy Graham went out for the season. Who knew that that was uh, what huh, was holding maybe back they to the offense? no Jimmy
1: Graham, like we've been saying yeah. all season. But what do we know?
0: No, but <laughs> but for whatever reason, their offensive line seems to be coming together, and Russell Wilson mm-hmm. has taken another step up. So I just I don't really see any rational explanation for how Baltimore wins this game or even keeps close. I don't. See them even scoring ten points. I'll go with a final oh score God. of Seattle 31, Baltimore seven.
1: Okay. I I attempted to
0: pick a shutout but I couldn't quite do it.
1: No, that's too much. Listen, I I am seeing some some trends in my picks this week, and there are a lot of upsets and a lot of underdog picks, and Baltimore is another one of them. And I know this sounds crazy. I know it does. But Baltimore at home. They have a little bit no, of a fast really game happening. It. No. <laughs> yes, yes, there's some there are a few little little silver linings. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here for Baltimore, and I think that the matchup is maybe not as good as it looks on paper for Seattle. They're going to have to win through the air, and I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to be able to do it. I think Baltimore has a chance, and I'm taking them 24-21.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just speechless. I know, I love what I I mean, do Michael, <laughs> Baltimore is going to have to pull Michael Phelps out of the stands to play tight end in this game. and That's okay. Be...
1: That's totally fine. They barely even throw to the tight end anyway. He's essentially just a blocker. It's no big deal. They could put an offensive uh, lineman down there.
0: I don't think Michael Phelps is used to getting hit much, but anyway. Well, All right, let's we'll see. We'll <laughs> I'll be sure to uh, to Tweet you during the during before during and after that game because no uh, that definitely is one There's of your no more outlandish my game. picks.
1: I still think this upset could happen.
0: <laughs> in the six years that we've been doing this show together, that definitely qualifies as one of your more outlandish picks.
1: <laughs> and I've I've really picked some Which outlandish. Just saying
0: something. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> okay, get okay, ready. Next, let's let's talk about next, the Carolina next game. Up, <laughs>
0: We've got Atlanta, I'm surprised you didn't call up the Atlanta game and pick them, but uh, next up we've got the reeling Atlanta Falcons, (laughs) that's your cue to pick them, playing the undefeated Carolina Panthers, who had a scare against the Saints, I did pick the Saints last week, so maybe I shouldn't go quite all in on the crazy when I uh, call out your Baltimore pick, but uh, I thought New Orleans had a reasonable shot at home last weekend, and they had at least Up 51 points against the Giants, so you knew they had an offense. It's a matter whether it was able to show up against Carolina's defense or not. So here you've got another struggling quarterback, Matt Ryan, but he's on the road and he hasn't really had that 51 point game this year. Where you would say, okay, it's just a matter of things clicking. It doesn't seem to be much clicking there for Atlanta this week. Carolina had a scare last week. I just. I don't see them losing this game. Maybe they'll get upset when they go to Atlanta in a couple of weeks, but I, just right now I can't pick them to lose this game at home. I'll go with a final score, Carolina 30, Atlanta 17. It's hard to believe, but uh, you know, one year ago today, Cam Newton had that awful uh, automobile accident, and here we are talking about whether he's going to be you know, game 0 or not. It's insane. Yeah.
1: I do think so, that changes yeah. this week, though.
0: I wouldn't recommend Ooh. that. No, you're not. No. I
1: am. I'm taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta in this game. I told you. I'm just apparently only picking underdogs and and huge ones at that this week. Um, but picking
0: the Dallas one doesn't mean that you have to pick all underdogs for the rest of the season.
1: No, but apparently I'm feeling very generous this week. I'm also not picking Dallas. We'll get to that one though.
0: <laughs> but I think then that I would have just, said you're all in on the crazy.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's a little far even for me. It's fine for me to pick
0: to pick Baltimore against Seattle, too? but I
1: draw the line at Dallas against
0: Green Bay. Well, not Oakland There's, or Denver. I guess we'll have to wait with bated breath for that one. Get
1: excited, guys. Get excited. Um, but I do think sure. that, yes, Matty Ice is more like Matty Turnover or Maddie Interception right now. I see that. I get that. But the Panthers, I, they have to... They have some some defensive issues coming into this. If they want to win this game, they have to do it on the ground. They've got to do it with their run game. Jonathan Stewart's got to be able to be a bigger factor. He's got to catch more passes, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that. The Atlanta defense, for as terrible as their offense has looked, at least the last six weeks, their defense really isn't that bad. And I think they're going to be able to slow this, this Carolina offense down. It's just a matter of whether or not Matt Ryan could stop throwing to the other team long enough for them to win a game, and I think it's possible. I'm not saying, like, I would bet my livelihood on this, but I think that there's a better chance Atlanta's going to win this game than Carolina will, and I'm going to take them 30 to 24. <laughs> twice, twice I'm, in one show.
0: I'm, I'm speechless again.
1: We're only a third I, I of the know. way through. Who knows what else is going to happen? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you might as well just do the rest of the show by yourself. But, uh,
1: Maybe.
0: <laughs> I don't know that I can say anything more after that. But all right, well. You got let's,
1: nothing. You're just gonna going to pretend you're Keep talking. Right?
0: <laughs> I, I respect you for doing that. I just don't think you'll be right in either game, but we'll see. It's
1: all right. So, if I am though, I'm going to look really smart.
0: Just say. <laughs> you are, but I, I wouldn't take either of those teams in any kind of survivor pool if you were still alive in one. <laughs> which not because it's you, but just because the season has been as crazy as any others. So you're probably not still, not you, but one is probably not still alive in a survivor pool. But if one were, I don't think you would pick either of those teams this weekend, but we'll see. Even if you get well, one we're of those gonna... two right, I'll be impressed. <laughs> All right. So I'm curious to know who you're going to pick in this next game. We've got Buffalo at Philadelphia, as we alluded to before, LaShawn McCoy, returning to his old stomping ground. He's a little and
1: cranky about it.
0: He's, he's very cranky <laughs> he about it. And he doesn't have life. Carlos Williams to to fight off or stave off for, for carries this week. So Buffalo is probably between Tyrod Taylor you know, hitting a couple of long passes to Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy just being angry for for mm-hmm. four quarters. I, I think they're going to be able to win this game. Philadelphia, i sure they're... You know, special teams was on fire against the Patriots, but yeah, I just I don't see them doing that two weeks in a row. Their defense still doesn't impress me. Their offense obviously better with Sam Bradford than without, but I just don't think he can do enough here. I think Buffalo manages to eke out this victory. I'll say final score: Buffalo 28, Philadelphia 24.
1: I like it. I'm gonna go uh, Buffalo 24, Philadelphia 20. Uh, yes, the Eagles did some some insane things last week. Neither of us saw that coming, but good for them. Uh, it just for me, there's there are too many things going against Philadelphia here. Obviously, they have enough inner turmoil with DeMarco Murray and Chip Kelly and and all of that shenanigan going on. But then you have Lashawn McCoy coming back for his you know revenge game, um, and just overall Buffalo is getting a little healthier. Their defense is, is kind of coming back to form here, and I think that they will have enough, even if it's just they want it more. They're more emotionally vested in this than Philadelphia is, and I think they're going to be able to do it. LaShawn McCoy's gained almost 500 of his close to 800 yards just over the last five weeks. Granted, he wasn't healthy all the season, but still he's come on very strong of late. Um, the Philadelphia defense gives up, a disgusting amount of points per game to wide receivers, and they give up a ton of of touchdowns to quarterbacks, particularly in the last few games. So fantasy-wise, I like a lot of what Buffalo is doing this week, and I think just overall they're going to be the better team on Sunday.
0: I can occasionally apply
1: rational logic to my picks. not saying I always do it. Did it here?
0: No. (laughs) I actually went to the Buffalo at Philadelphia game back in – 1991, if you can believe that, and I nice. forget who won the game. I think it was the the Bills and Jim Kelly. But yeah, that was the mm-hmm. first time I lived in Phil in the Philadelphia area. But that game, I just remember it because there were actually fights in the stands. And you figure, yeah, you know, Buffalo Bills fans—that's about as inoffensive as you can get. You know, unless maybe you're a Packers fan, and of course the Philadelphia yeah. where were there beating up anything in a Bills jersey. It's just has stuck with me for a lot of years. are a friendly so. bunch. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'll take your word for it. So. <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Pittsburgh certainly looked good the other night against a depleted Indianapolis team. Cincinnati, they started off, I think, 8-0, lost a couple games and won a couple games in a row now to get back on track. Uh, it's it's tempting to pick an upset here, but I just really don't see it. I think Cincinnati is too strong, especially on defense. I think they have the NFL's top-ranked defense you know, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, least points scored against. And I, I think Ben Roethlisberger, have all the respect in the world for him as an NFL quarterback, but uh, I just don't see him getting the job done here. I think they're I I'll go with a final score Cincinnati 24, Pittsburgh 14.
1: I am shockingly enough going to go with the upsets here. <laughs> I'm oh, taking the Steelers on. third. You're not 28. The ninja.
0: He's like your, your, I, your hero. I, know. I love
1: the guy. I'm all about what he's doing this year. But I just think, I mean, I'm very excited to watch this game. Granted, I have about 300 options in the one o'clock hour, but I'm excited, particularly for this game, just because I like the matchups a lot. I think there are good and bad things for both sides of this. I just think getting Heath Miller back. You're
0: to pass San Francisco, Cleveland for this.
1: Uh, I know it's really tough, but you know, I I'll just I'll just have to take one for the team this week. But I think that getting Heath Miller back and the way that the the Steelers' offense has kind of been rolling on the last few weeks. Cincinnati, you've got uh, maybe not healthy Tyler Eiffert. Things aren't quite as good, but I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring affair than these games normally are. I think you're going to see a lot more offense, uh, but I th- I think it's going to come down to that fourth quarter, and I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to win it for the Steelers.
0: Do you think Antonio Brown will do anything to get himself fined this week?
1: Probably. I feel like there's a good chance of that.
0: All right. Well, at least we can agree on that if not on the game. (laughs) Okay, next up we've got a game which, crazily enough, actually has playoff implications, and that's New Orleans at Tampa Bay, which hard to believe. Tampa Bay is actually only a game out of a wild card, albeit they're, they're trailing the suddenly resurgent Seattle Seahawks, and I don't see them catching Seattle, but stranger things have happened. But anyway, mm-hmm. they're hosting New Orleans. New Orleans' impressive offensive output last week against Carolina, but not quite enough to get the job done. This week, I think there's a bit of a letdown. They're on the road. You know, Tampa fighting for playoff berth. Yeah, I, I think Tampa has a little bit too much for them, especially their defense is, is much better than New Orleans. So mm-hmm. I'll go with the final score of uh, Tampa 27, New Orleans 24 so go ahead and tell me why you think New Orleans is going
1: to win. I'm actually going to pick Tampa in this one.
0: <laughs> this um, actually pretty
1: rarely happens because I'm not a James Winston fan. But you're right, New Orleans. You will be. Uh, I just I don't think that's ever going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to rule it out. The New Orleans defense is just so terrible. They're losing guys. like There's no tomorrow on offense right now. Uh, I'm concerned about a lot of things happening in New Orleans. You're right. They're on the road. They're in Tampa. Tampa Bay, all of a sudden, they're going to be over 500 after this week, which is insane. But they got Austin Ferry and Jenkins back. I think Mike Evans is going to have a huge game. And their young defense finally is kind of coming together. Things are looking better there. And I think that even if Drew Brees decides to, you know, find his Drew Brees of old, I think that Tampa Bay can still win this game. We've seen they're able to put up those kind of offensive numbers that. Drew Brees, when healthy and having a healthy offense around him, is also capable of. So I think either way, they're still going to be able to win this. But I'm going to take them twenty-eight, twenty-one.
0: Gerald McCoy is really a beast on defense for Tampa.
1: Yeah, he is. They have a really good young defense, In another year or two, they're going. To, we're going to be talking about that defense, like we talk about Seattle. Mark my words.
0: Really? Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll see. I'm, that I am. A I'm, I'm all day, in but. on
1: the Tampa Bay defense. Not so much Jameis Winston.
0: Okay, I'm more in on I'm more optimistic about his future than I am about <laughs> their defenses. But uh, that one, we at least have a couple of years before we get to see his right about him like uh, yeah. some of the crazy picks this weekend. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. All right, moving right along here, we've got um, another game. Strangely enough, with playoff implications, although it shouldn't. If the NFC East is the worst division in football this season, the AFC South is not far behind. And we've got Indianapolis hosting, excuse me, Indianapolis on the road against Jacksonville this weekend. And, I mean, the idea that two 6-6 teams are tied for the lead in that division, I guess it's not that far-fetched when you've got three 5-7 teams tied in the NFC East, but you know, Indianapolis, Houston, neither one of those really are looking like a playoff team to me, but one of them has to get in. My guess is it'll be Indy. I think they're... Jacksonville has shown signs of improvement this year, especially on offense. Blake Bortles was taking a step forward. Allen Robinson looking like a top-tier wide receiver, but I just think Indianapolis will have a little bit more to play for, and I think that'll add up to a win for them. I'll say the uh, luckless Indianapolis Colts, 27, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24.
1: Shockingly enough, I'm going to go with Jacksonville on this one. <laughs> of course uh, you I, are. I I agree with you in these scoring 27 points. I just think Jacksonville's going to score 31. Uh, I I like some of the things he's doing. I like Matt Hasselback. I just don't think it's going to be enough. He's a little banged up. Uh, their offense is just not looking as cohesive as it was. I mean, you've got wide receivers that are just getting completely shut out, like Dante Moncrief, and things aren't looking as good there. They have some injuries. Jacksonville on the other hand, getting healthier. This is a good matchup for Julius Thomas, who is finally healthy and really coming on strong. TJ Yeldon's gonna have a big game. You're getting Alan Hearns back, which is gonna open even more up for Alan Robinson, who's gonna have less coverage on him. And I just I love what Blake Wardles is doing right now. I'm so in on what's happening fantasy wise for this team. I think this is it. They're gonna kinda get over the hump here and all of a sudden they're they're still in this division. As insane as that is.
0: Yeah, that would be. I mean, if both if Jacksonville wins and both Houston and Indy lose, which is a distinct possibility, then yep. you know, they'd only be one game back at, uh, you know, five and seven, not
1: five
0: and seven. At um, Five and eight, yep. I guess they'd be five and eight. that's, that's Gosh, that would be really... Pathetic, but uh like I think say, probably
1: the playoff format is changing after this season because you're gonna have multiple teams in the playoffs that probably shouldn't be there.
0: I bet nothing changes. I mean you're still always I mean, there's always gonna be a down division or two each year where it looks like a five hundred record or less will win the division. I mean last year it was the <coughs> NFC South. This year it's the NFC East and the AFC South, so I have yeah. a hard time imagining they would change the playoff format, but... Um, I think
1: they're going to talk Stranger pretty seriously about it, though. Yeah. Well... Like, you know, I mean, Baltimore beating Seattle. Unless you,
0: let, unless you let two more teams in in each, they, you know, mm. which seems a little bit That's odd to have... I like you know, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I have a... It, it seems to me that I'm already, of course, a bit of a traditionalist and wishing that they still only had, you know, four teams in each league, just maybe the division winners and and forget this wild card nonsense. But we're not, you know, putting the toothpaste in the tube, back in the tube anytime (laughs) soon. So uh, I think we're stuck Mm -hmm. with at least what we have. If they saturate it, you know, even more or water it down even more by putting additional teams in, then... I think a lot of people will start to lose interest or at least not take the regular season as seriously. So I think that's fair. Then, anyway, okay, just give me a second to get off of my soap dish here. Next up, <laughs> we've got yet another exciting nail-biter of the game, and that would be hashtag sarcasm. That would be San Diego at Kansas City. Kansas City started off 1-5. and five, Now all of a sudden they're 7-5, so they've obviously got things going in the right direction. San Diego, the wheels came off and Keenan Allen got hurt. And then the Mm -hmm. chassis and the axle, you know, have since, you know, fallen apart too. And right now they're just a total mess. I I don't see them being able to keep up with Kansas City on offense. Kansas City has a pretty good defense too to boot. So to me, this all looks like a a 10-point victory, at least, for Kansas City. I'll go with the final score of the uh, Chiefs 28, San Diego 17.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got – I also have the the Chiefs winning this game. Uh, I have it 27-14. It's, I think we can agree this isn't going to be a very close game. Uh, the San Diego defense gives up the most points to uh, running backs out of anybody. I think Tarkandrick West and Spencer Ware are both going to be great plays this week. Uh, and they're going to do a lot of their damage on the ground. It's just it's hard to get excited about Alex Smith or Jeremy Macklin. Like, while I like them, I don't necessarily like paying their prices just because this is all going it, to – it just goes so scripted. They don't deviate a lot. There's not a lot of play action. Things like that aren't happening. And this week it's going to be all about the running backs. San Diego's just uh, better luck next year. <laughs> There's just nothing good happening for them right now. Chiefs, yeah. The Chiefs have won six games in a row. Like, ah, what happened?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's got to be the longest winning streak in the NFL right now. And then I remember that Carolina is 12 <laughs> out.
1: Oh, right, those Panthers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Second well, longest anyway. streak. <laughs> details. Details. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's move right along here. Now it's my turn to go a little bit crazy. We've got Tennessee at. The Jets. Jets have... You going rogue? I, I'm going rogue here. I, the Jets have playoff... They would be a, a wild card team if the playoffs started now. And Tennessee would not, but Tennessee has an impressive young quarterback. The Jets do not. And hmm. I think Marcus Mariota is going to be able to overcome the Jets' defense, regardless of whether Darrell Revis... Plays or not, no Kendall Wright, but you know, he's been using his running backs and tight ends more. I just, to me, this looks like you know one of those games where the, you look at it on paper and say the Jets should win, and then something you know, kind of like that Eagles game earlier in the season, and something mm-hmm. goes horribly wrong, and the Jets aren't able to dig out of an early hole and end up blowing a game that they should win. So, to me, I'll I'll go with the, the slight upset here. I'll say Tennessee 24, Jets 21.
1: I have the same score, but I have it reversed. Weirdly enough, you're picking an upset, and I'm not. It feels strange. Uh, I I agree with all of what you're saying about Tennessee. I love what Marcus Mariota is doing. I really like this team overall. It's just that I think not having quite as effective of a run game to overshadow this pass game or at least complement it better, uh, I think is just going to make it easier for the Jets' defense to exploit what they're doing. I think the Jets have a little bit of an edge here. I'm a little higher on Ryan Fitzpatrick than you are. That's always been the case, but I'm going no, like to the, the Jets by field goal.
0: I like him. I just think there's something about the Jets, and maybe this is true more under Rex Ryan than under Todd Haley. But you know, yeah. I just I look at that Eagles game again as something that never should have happened, an and yeah, <laughs> somehow it did, and they mm-hmm. got themselves into a big hole early and spent the whole second half trying to catch up and not quite getting there and I could see this being a game like that, but we'll see.
1: I could see it happening. So, I think this realistically could go either way, but I have to pick somebody, so I'm going with the Jets.
0: All right. Well, yeah. there's a 50% chance that we would uh, pick the same team, but I just didn't work out. <laughs> see if well, it works out, out in the next game. Probably. This one's going to rank right up there with San Francisco-Cleveland is most exciting most watched games of the weekend and that's Oof. Detroit at St. Louis. Detroit, if you had to pick course, between
1: the San Francisco Cleveland game or this game to watch, which one would you pick?
0: Probably this one just because I think Detroit's offense can be fun to watch. Hmm. Can't say about about St. Louis or San Francisco or Cleveland. Fair enough. So and mm-hmm. unlike the San Francisco well actually like the San Francisco Cleveland game I don't think this one will be particularly close, and I think it will be the road team that emerges victorious here. I think Matthew Stafford has a big game. Calvin Johnson, assuming he doesn't injure himself you know, in the middle of the game. Or miss it for a catch
1: committee a, meeting. You don't
0: know. Right, or miss it for a catch committee meeting. Mm-hmm. He should have a number of catches. And I'll go with the final score here, Detroit 31, St. Louis 17.
1: Uh, I'm going Detroit 24, St. Louis 17. While I think Matt Stafford's playing better, and as a byproduct of that, the Detroit offense is playing better, uh, I I still am concerned about some of the things I'm seeing. I like Eric Ebron a lot in this game, but the Rams, I mean, most of their points are going to come from Todd Gurley. I think that's where most of their offense is coming from pretty much any week, but beyond that, they don't really have a lot else going on. It's just, when you don't have a quarterback, at this rate, they could just not put a quarterback out there, just direct snap to Todd Gurley, and they're going to get about the same result.
0: Yeah, why just cut out the middle man, just snap it directly to him. Yeah, why not? Every play.
1: I don't see how there are any flaws no. in this plan. None.
0: No. Then they could, if they wanted to, they could, you know, while Dallas is busy stealing Johnny Menzel away from the Browns, the Rams could yep,
1: we have the market steal cornered Darren McFadden that, away. So sorry.
0: <laughs> they, they could steal Darren McFadden away from the Cowboys, and then you know, they could snap the ball to him, and he could even pass it once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a bad arm. That's not a terrible idea. Or just trade for Denard Robinson.
0: Yeah, that's true. He, he'd be another good one.
1: Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Yeah, we just we I, just fixed the rams. It took us 30 seconds. Boom. Functional team again.
0: Yeah. Just either every play should either be a handoff to um to Todd Gurley or a, or a pass to uh, Jared Cook.
1: That's all you need to do. You don't even need to run the rest of the guys out there.
0: No. Just That's two fine. on 11. That's it. Yeah. All right. Done. Okay, <laughs> next next up we have another game. Now we're finally to the Sunday late games, and you have a oh, choice man. of two games here, either Oakland at Denver, which should be a real uh, barn burner, I'm sure, or Dallas at Green Bay, which I'm sure will be another close, tight game down to the wire. Um, mm. that's, that's my way of saying I don't think either of these is going to be close. Uh, first off, Oakland at Denver. Yeah. Brock Osweiler certainly proving to be more than capable fill-in for um, Peyton, what's-his-name?
1: The Brockweiler.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, I don't think Oakland can stay within two touchdowns of Denver. Denver you know, usually they do it with offense. This year, it's actually been their dominating defense that's been carrying them for the most part. Although their they offense, defense still wins championships, right?
1: So it's okay.
0: Yeah. So it'd be funny if they end up playing Seattle again in the Super Bowl, and this year Denver's the one that has the really dominant defense and. Seattle has the the really high octane offense, but That's not gonna happen. That would be weird, but I unfortunately I don't think it's gonna happen. But anyway, this game I don't think is too much in doubt. Oakland looked better earlier in the season. Derek Carr looks like he's taking a step forward, then all of a sudden things not working out quite so well. Michael Mm Crabtree signed a big contract extension today for the Raiders, so that's something for them, but I don't think that uh, even with Crabtree and Amari Cooper, their future looks bright. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Denver in this game. I'll say final score: Denver thirty, Oakland fourteen.
1: I've got Denver uh, thirty, Oakland seventeen. <laughs> so we're we're pretty much in the same boat here. Uh, this Denver defense is getting to Marcus Wareback, so they're just going to be even more dominant than they normally are. The Brockweiler 3-0 as a, as a starter in Denver, he's going to be 4-0 after this week. He, I like what he's doing. He kind of stays in his lane. Like he doesn't have to be the hero. He doesn't have to go, you know, above and beyond. Just, you know, just do what you what you're supposed to do. Go out there, throw your little short passes. Every now and then, you do something big, but hand the ball off. Let C.J. Anderson do his thing, and you're fine. Uh, he's going to have to throw a little bit more, which isn't going to be a problem on this Oakland defense because Anderson's dinged up, but they're playing at home. He's got a little bit of confidence. I like Demaris Thomas a lot. He's got more targets out of any of the wide receivers with the Brockweiler under center. Uh, So I'm going to keep riding that this week until Peyton Manning comes back. But I just this might be competitive for a quarter, maybe a half beyond that. I don't really think so.
0: All right. Suppose Denver wins this weekend, which they should. And then yeah. Peyton Manning comes back next week and somehow they lose. What do you think? Do you think, and and plays as badly as he did before he went out with an injury? Do you go back to Osweiler and just say, hey, Peyton, thanks for the memories? Or do you think that once Peyton's back, it's his team sink or swim for the rest of the year?
1: I think it's his team. Um, I'd give him two weeks, and then I might put, put my man, the Brockweiler, back in. But – I find it hard to believe that Peyton Manning, after a couple weeks of rest and having all that time to keep studying, I find it hard to believe that he's going to come in and look as bad as he did before. I'm interested to see what he does the week after having to come back. Your body's banged up. You don't have that huge cushion of time to prepare. You don't have quite as much. You've got more people in your face. There's not as much time away from the field as you had before. That's what I think will be more telling the second game
0: back. And for them, I mean, too, we saw right what he now, did off
1: the bye week.
0: It was great. Well, if you had to look right now, and this is getting a little bit off topic, but not too far off. We if never you looked do at that. The NS, if you looked at the AFC <laughs> and said, which team is going to be the Super Bowl team a couple weeks ago, I would have said New England hands down. But with all the injuries that yeah. they've had, and Brock Osweiler stepping up and playing better, and Cincinnati finding its way again to me right now, that's a three way scrum. Any of those three teams could just as easily wind up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Right now, Cincinnati probably the healthiest of the three, probably you know Yeah,
1: but but yeah, the ginger so. ninja in the playoffs, historically, terrible. I still like Denver out of the out of the three. Okay. Even with the question of market quarterback, I still think it's a better option. That defense trumps a lot of things.
0: Okay. And then in the NFC, I think Arizona and Carolina, or and, and I'll put Seattle, even though their record isn't as good. I think those three teams are clearly the class of the NFC East of the NFC right now. I wish mm-hmm. they were in the NFC East, but <laughs> one of the they would have a winning record. But That'd the NFC, nice. I think Arizona, Carolina, Seattle are the class. And Minnesota has fallen back the last couple of weeks. Green Bay, okay, yes, they won on that. Hail Mary pass, but they're still not really impressing anybody, especially on defense. So, to me, I think there's I've, at this point just three teams in each conference that are looking like legitimate Super Bowl contenders.
1: Yeah, and if I had to pick today, I'd probably go Denver. Arizona would be the way I'd go. Even even with what Cam Newton's been doing, I just think that there's not a lot of playoff experience on that team, and and the stage gets a lot bigger, and the pressure's a lot a lot more. And I think that Arizona with Carson Palmer on the helm and, and some guys who have some veteran experience in the postseason, I think they have a better shot out of the three.
0: All right. So there you have it. I'm not sure who I would pick. I'm, I'm tempted to say Cincinnati and Seattle, but a
1: tough one.
0: I think in the AFC it'll come down to whoever has the home field advantage. And in the NFC it's likely to be you know whoever has the most favorable draw and Again, if Seattle ends up going to New York for the first weekend of the playoffs, you know, that's you know, or whoever they end up visiting, whether it's New York, Philly, Dallas, or Washington, that's essentially mm-hmm. you know a bye week for them. So at least the way they're yeah. playing now. So see how that goes. But uh, anyway, back to the task at hand. We've got Dallas at Green Bay, and I think yeah. you alluded to the fact before that even though. You had gone all in on the crazy before that that doesn't extend to this game. (laughs) And I would agree with that. I think Green Bay is going to double up Dallas here. I'll go with a final score of Green Bay 34, Dallas 17. No last second uh, heroics needed.
1: I, I think this is going to be a lot closer than you do. I still am a Cowboys fan and still apparently on the crazy train. I'm going Packers 30, Cowboys 28. I think we'll probably do something stupid at the end to lose the game more so than, you know, Aaron Rodgers wins the game heroically that that Detroit game was insane last week. I just Matt Castle, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of all you need of that. scored 28 stay.
0: points with Matt Castle as your quarterback.
1: It happens. You got Darren McFadden. Is
0: there their defense.
1: Well, I yeah, maybe Sean Lee'll do something, but The Packers' defense will give up points. They'll give up yards all day. It's just a matter of the Cowboys not actually shooting themselves in the foot, which I don't think is realistic.
0: I've never seen a Cowboy shoot himself in the foot.
1: Never. That never happens. But I think this is more a product of Dallas losing the game than Green Bay winning the game. I'll say that.
0: Okay. We'll see how that plays out. So, quickly, last couple games, we've got New England – at Houston on Sunday night, this, mm-hmm. both you know both of these teams fighting for different things in the playoffs. New England fighting for home field, Houston fighting just for that AFC South for, That somebody has to win. Uh, I, I don't. I know that New England's <laughs> looked awful last couple weekends, but I can't pick against them here when Houston is. You know, if Brian Hoyer is your quarterback, then you know, good luck with tough. that.
1: i they really are. Yeah,
0: DeAndre Hopkins obviously having a really good season, but New England secondary is pretty good. I'll go with the final score here: New England twenty-eight, Houston seventeen.
1: I've gone New England twenty-eight, Houston twenty. Uh, I just even with the injuries, there's a chance they will get Gronk back. Uh, I think it's a decent chance, and JJ Watt can only be so many places. And yes, their offensive line is very dinged up. They can't really move it around to adjust for JJ Watt, but still, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady to Danny Amendola to Scott Chandler, they'll be fine. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be basically triple covered all day. Go look at Cecil Shorts III. He might have a nice day.
0: He's had a few nice days recently. We'll see. Sure has. And then then finally the Monday night game, my beloved Giants traveling to your not quite as beloved Miami Dolphins, but I think we agreed before that unless you are change your mind in the last 45 minutes or so, which it's this possible. is a game <laughs> the Giants should win. You know, as a Giants yeah, the Giants fan, I'm uneasy picking them as bad as it looked the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'll go with the final score of Giants 27, Miami 24.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't even have an argument to dispute your score. I think the Giants will take this. Miami has some good things. They didn't look good last week, even with the win. The Giants need this desperately. I mean, even after watching the Cowboys win last week, they know... They got to do something. I think they're going to be a little hungrier. I think Eli Manning's probably going to be the difference maker here.
0: Okay, there you have it. Yep. So good luck in your playoffs this week, Janet. Thank you.
1: I'm not playing you, mm. so you can do that. And good luck to you. <laughs> you got any any right. uh, any tidbits for people before we sign off? Anybody you're loving this week for uh, for cash games?
0: Um, no, but if you have somebody that you want to recommend, uh, go right ahead. I got a couple,
1: uh, really liking Tyrod Taylor, Doug Martin, TJ Yeldon, Mike Evans, I'm all in on, still liking Eric Ebron and, uh, Scott Chandler. Definitely if you're, uh, looking for people like Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy, they have a lot to play for. I like people who are motivated, so keep an eye on those guys this week.
0: Uh, I, I guess the way I tend to do it is I tend to look at which teams do I think are going to score the most points that week and then just seeing who I think the, the best offensive options on those teams are. So assuming that your Thursday night games are out, you know, so that you can't pick anybody from Arizona, I would look for players on Seattle, Carolina, Denver, and Green Bay this week yeah. and Detroit. I-
1: I can't fault you for those, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. There you But you, have you can
1: it. find us all over social media if you have any questions, you want to uh, just get some advice on your fantasy teams. We're on Twitter at the number four THN inches show at JKIM16 or fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can email us at the number four THN inches show at com. Find us on Facebook and at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. And like we said before, good luck in your uh, fantasy games this week, unless, of course, you're playing me. Then I, I wish you good luck next week when you're not. But <laughs> we'll see you guys next week at our usual time, Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time.